Attention shoppers, there are a wide variety of Crossrip items available in the gift shop. Sweatshirts, smartphone covers, an exclusive t-shirt designed by Dapper Dan Shonen of IDW Comics fame, and more on the way. All proceeds go towards our servers, so this remains the only ad you hear on the show. Go to GhostbustersHQ.net slash shop to get yours today. I like that shirt, friend. Hey there, Ghostbusters fans, and welcome to the Interdimensional CrossFit Podcast for the week of February 3rd, 2020. This week on the show, Bill Murray is back. Yes, I know, we kind of already knew, but it's officially, officially, official, and we can now talk about it based upon that Anthony Bresnikan article that uh, came out in Vanity Fair. Uh, Also, on this week's show, we're going to talk a little bit about the bootleg again. Uh, Also, you can listen to me get sick on the air. Not not like barf, but we'll just see. Stand by. Still Playing With Toys presents The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. So free. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the keyboard? Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. You know, it's just occurred to me we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment. Oh, we have fun. Woo! Officially, official. Did you figure out the signature on your... It, Air quote, I think your sorny, your yeah, sorny, sorny licensed, sorny, officially licensed. Uh, I think we, I think, thanks to Mr. Craig Goldberg, uh, who sort of confirmed my suspicions. I think it's Paul Schaefer. I think it is one hundred percent Paul Schaefer. Paul so, Schaefer. Yeah, yeah, I was like Peter McNichol, and I was trying to think. I guess Paul Schaefer. How does that make sense, though? I the only thing I can think of is that it was some sort of a Saturday Night Live event, or maybe Paul Schaefer was there talking about music, or um, maybe I yeah. don't. Who know. knows? Um, this but, reminds me a lot of going down to the uh, the markets and picking up uh, like uh, uh, I was going to say gray market, but no, they're one hundred percent black market uh, DVDs <laughs> and movies. Back when people actually watched DVDs and stuff like that, you'd pick them up and it, and it was like the front cover was for the, you know, some uh, Chinese or Korean movie that you thought looked cool. And then you flipped it over and the back was just 100% uh, copied off of like Mrs. Doubtfire or something <laughs> like that. Like they like in their heads, they were like, this is this is just part of the design format for North American buyers. So I don't know, slap anything on there. <laughs> not giving a crap that we're like no this is actually supposed to correlate to the disc we're buying yeah wait a minute your shirt is 100% that that close enough who yeah. can even tell who can even tell but so I mean Craig very uh, cleverly there's you know an, an autograph uh, like a like an IMDB Databases. of autographs yeah uh, so he went and he looked at Paul Schaefer and he's like, "Yeah, dude, that's even sent me what's on the website." And he's like, "Yeah, that's that's Paul Schaefer's." So uh, yeah, but how did he even think to go look at Paul Schaefer? That's what I'm confused. Well, that, about. that was what I thought it said. So I mentioned that on mm. on the air, and then yeah, Craig picked up on it and, and went and, and checked it out. But I'm but, sorry, but, I never listened to you. So I never listened to me either, uh, obviously. But uh, <laughs> tell so what what was the the thing that Dustin, our our friend Dustin. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Sent, sent in because now we're, we're kind of hooked on these like targeted yeah. ad bootlegs. <laughs> the Alberta Ghostbusters, uh, Dustin of the Alberta Ghostbusters, uh, he sent me a picture. He's like, here, check this out. And he's like, tell me what's wrong with it. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, uh. And he couldn't even wait. Like, I'm looking at it. He's, <laughs> he's like, so it's one of those Facebook ads where they're like, um, 
I guess it's in a similar vein of those ones that, the ones that really freak you out because what they've done is they've somehow bumped into you on LinkedIn and they're yeah. like, oh, redheaded designers from 1973 do it standing up, <laughs> eh, Chris Stewart? I'm like, what? You get the ones what that it's, does like, this it's a Troy Benjamin thing and you're like, wait, there's t-shirts <laughs> with my full name on them? What? <laughs> but, but this one was a hoodie, a gray hoodie. Uh, Ghostbusters hoodie and the ad I guess said uh, you can get it with your name on it and he went great and he bought it and he got a hoodie and down the arm it reads your name (laughs) (laughs) quite literally says your name well he messaged me the next day he goes this gets even deeper the logo's flipped I'm like oh okay so yeah it it was just uh, and then I said, yeah, I'll, I'll, he's like, I don't even know what to do with that. Like, I'm, like it's, I'm not wearing a hoodie with your name down the arm. Oh, but it's, it's almost as hilarious as the bootleg t-shirt that exactly. I have at this point. It's like, what Let's the put it this hell way. is that? <laughs> when I became aware that somebody had made an extreme Ghostbusters uh, uh, porn, I skipped the porn, but very happily bought one of their t-shirts, which was a Moogly doing the the finger to finger hole uh <laughs> Sign. Say, so, say no more. Right. Say no more. It. Um, yeah. There's. There's room for 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 goofy. I think. And I think that one. I don't know exactly where you'd wear that, but there's got to be a time you can wear that. I. I mean. I. That bootleg T-shirt that I was talking about. I wear it as yeah. a pajama shirt now, and every time <laughs> my wife goes, that shirt is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> What does it matter? I'm just wearing it to bed. It's fine. But uh, I recommend it. Put patches down the arm, right? <laughs> Cover up your name. And I said, because it looks like kind of a good hoodie. It was weird. Like It looked like a gray hoodie fabric uh, fleece or whatever the heck you call that. But you could see on, in the hood, it was like a satin lining or something, like kind of. Yeah. It, it looks I was like, like a nice hoodie, but then you told me that it's also really cheap and really thin, yeah, right? Like I, I he said, was disappointed I mean, with. It looks like kind of a cool hoodie if yeah. you can just cover up your name. He's like, it's paper thin. And I was like, well, okay, officially you got, oh, you just got hosed. Yeah. Like, yeah. You just got thing. some knockoff that, uh, you know, uh, yeah. probably cost 25 cents for them to make. And Well, if you paid with PayPal, I'm telling you right now, after I had an interesting run in during the Christmas season with a, uh, a uh, less than advertised uh, Facebook ad. Uh, yeah, if you yell at them a couple of times and you don't get a response, you can then go to PayPal and said, "Yeah, I tried to contact them and I got PayPal nothing. can do like a stop payment kind of thing on it." Or, yeah, because yeah. uh, what they do is they then contact them and go, "Yeah, somebody says they tried to get a hold of you, you haven't got back to them. They're complaining. Give them the what do you want to do about it? How are you gonna make down. it right?" Yeah, and in, in my case, they just. They just ran for it. I don't know what they thought they were going to do because it turns out if you run for it and don't talk to PayPal, PayPal goes, well, we believe you, person who filed the complaint because they're not talking to us either. Gavel, gavel. And then, um, uh, yeah, you get your money back. Although, uh, pro tip, (laughs) I was like, a thing I got was completely not what it was supposed to be. It's cheap and it was broken to boot. And they were like, uh, how much uh, How much do you want back? And I thought, oh, it's a haggling thing, I guess. I don't know. So I put down what amounted to like 90% of it. I was like, yeah, okay, leave this stupid broken thing, but I'm not shipping it back. And but I just, and in the end, they're like, here it all is. I was like, oh, there was no haggling. I should have said 100%. Yeah, wait, I, wait. I want all my money back. I want all yeah. my money back. Well, it was my first time doing that, so live and learn, I guess. I Yeah, that's I, – I've thankfully, knock on wood, have never had to deal with that before. But eBay, I had to do it a bunch. Uh, yeah. And that's why I avoid eBay the all the time The bad old now. days. But, really? Um, yeah, I haven't – 
the thing is, I just don't I've, do big purchases on eBay. Well, and I've had to really just kind of scale everything back the last, you know, year, well, year and a half. Once too, you have a child, so you don't have money to spend like, on. A, all the things that I wish that I had have now just been put on hold. But, well, the thing is, is my my realm of of uh, eBayness now is small items, like small Ghostbuster items. Yeah. I don't don't think I buy anything much over twenty bucks. And then there's my other things like my wax card wrappers and stuff like that. I'm picking those up for like a buck to a couple of bucks each yeah, time. Yeah, and those right? are things so, that you can put into a flat file and they don't take up that much space. They and, don't take up much that much space. Yeah. But money-wise, even if somebody for whatever reason ran off with my buck fifty plus, you know, $3 shipping from – great. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, All right then. Why not? And, uh, and, and there's also these kind of like – obscure and and i'd like the bootleg shirt that we were talking about uh the, uh-huh. the little things like that that i want like the the ghostbusters themed lightsaber you sent that was the other thing that you sent to me too and i was oh, like oh that i want custom that lightsaber see the thing is, is i watched that i started watching it without the sound on and i was like that is so cool so for people listening if you haven't seen it uh it's on proton charging and all over social media but there's a prop guy i don't know what his business is he makes uh saber lightsabers star wars lightsabers for people which by the way shows how kind of weird the world is is that it used to be i'd like a lightsaber here's a stick painted red i'd like a lightsaber (laughs) mattel has made like a collapsible telescoping plasticky one that goes doing doing or whatever yeah you wave it around and it whistles yeah yeah then it got up to well here's one but essentially it's a fluorescent uh tube so you know don't bang around much all the way up to we figured out how you guys can slam these things around and then the last step was is we're not even like a major manufacturer and we now know how to make these things so you can slam them around and that's what this guy does he makes custom light up lightsabers for people and someone asked for a custom ghostbuster one and sure enough he like modeled the the hilt <laughs> like the thrower grip with uh, it even has like a small bit of metal that it's painted like the rainbow ribbon on the side. It's awesome. And I mean, I'm looking at the picture that you sent to me now, and it's awesome. It's so well. It good. gets better because I'm watching it. It was on Facebook, so it started playing, but the I you know press play, but the sound was is automatically muted, and I'm like, that is so cool. And I said, but I assumed it was like a lightsaber kit thing. And I said, eh, it probably just makes lightsaber noises, but, but people do mod them. I wonder if, and I'm just finishing my thought as I click the unmute button and sure enough, they've modded the sound kit. So it's all proton pack sounds. Uh, when you power it up, it sounds like it's firing. It, it, when it waves around, it makes the, that sustained warbling noise. And when you turn it off, it makes the power. power. Like, ah, uh, I need see, one. That's, that's <laughs> what I need. I was going to buy like one of the Ben Solo or one of the ones that they have at uh, Galaxy's Edge, but no, I want to spend my money put on your this money now. into this. And yeah. then to kick, kicker it, um, uh, it, I cannot confirm whether he made a copy of one or, or in this case, he went out and he got like the four, those four Mattel classic Ghostbusters with the, had the pieces that made them the three D Moogly sign. He turned one of those into the holder, so you can basically set the saber upright in this stand that has like the three D Moogly on it. It was uh, <sighs> people so are, beautiful. That's the people are genius. I and and now that there's three D printers, you know, after uh, the whole Baby Yoda thing and. Uh, everybody's saying, why is there no Baby Yoda merch? Everybody just made their own, and it's like it. Sorry, it, I was it, drinking. Could could you say Baby Yoda again? Baby Yoda. Do 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 do. <laughs> no, I think we get sued if you do that now. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's it, it reminds me of you know when when we were kids and I didn't have the firehouse, I built my firehouse for the Ghostbusters. Uh, you yeah. know, you you're resourceful. You put stuff together. I mean, now there's a lot of tools available to everybody that you can make something that's accurate and 3D printed and a lot more detailed yeah. than the actual Kenner toys that you were buying. And uh, I don't know, that's the, cool, um, man. That, that sort of, I'm going to use the word, don't kill me, that kind of bespoke kind of custom stuff yeah. is just, it's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Bespoke is a great word to use in this case. I think we're kind of at that point, too, where the makerness of things has reached such a level compared to... Um, there's just so much stuff out there that everybody can get their hands on that I feel like there's a lot more space now for, you know, unique custom. If for the same reason why I, I used to, you know, make shirts and all that, there's so many official Ghostbuster shirts and don't get me wrong. They're great, but there's always a soft spot in my heart for like, if the official, uh, that one official t-shirt had the Ghostbusters and it had Ray twice, I'm doubly proud of my, my complete <laughs> knockoff of it that has four Winstons yeah. on it, right? Like uh, those, the, the ones that are so inside baseball, like yes, have some has, uh, the run DMC logo, but it says flip city and it, it gets me every time. It's, it's such a great t-shirt, but it's the, it's the kind of stuff that you can gauge people who, you know, you need to be your friend or not. Right. Yeah, every, exactly. It's, it's one thing to wear a, t- a Ghostbusters t-shirt and somebody goes, Ghostbusters. All right. And you're like, cool. We could probably share a cab someday and I wouldn't get frustrated with you. And then there's people that see your thing, you know, the, the, like the, what is it? The, uh, screw you necklace that Holtzman yeah. wears. Somebody sees that and goes, ha ha, uh, you know, and, and you, Janos Poha art restoration t-shirt. This, you go, this, that's right. We, we, we need to be friends forever and go have a beer right yeah, now. Exactly. So, um, uh, I'm down with that one. But, uh, all right, well, so everybody that's tuning in is talking about, uh, right now is yelling at their uh, iPod or their iPhone or their radio or whatever they're listening to us, and they're going, you guys have been stalling talking about the Bill Murray thing for two weeks now. Uh, oh, last, a week and a half at yeah, most. At most. Uh, so, so here's what we're going to do. Um, I'm going to quickly announce the winner of our uh, inflatable ecto uh, giveaway from Ghost Core, and yeah. uh, then we'll get into the news, which will include the Vanity Fair article. And Chris, you and I have a ton to talk about uh, there. So, without any further ado, our congratulations go to Eric Quakenbush of Hawaii uh, for his entry, uh, chosen at random uh, thanks to the Twitter. Uh, you know, the, the combination between the hashtag and uh, putting in the at the cross rip. We just took everybody's tweets, threw them into a, a random number generator, and uh, Eric, you are the winner. So, uh, congratulations. We'll be reaching out to you uh, shortly to get your uh, your contact information, and Ghost Core will be sending you your Spirit Halloween inflatable ectomobile. Very cool. Uh, our thanks to Ghost Core and to everybody who participated. Uh, wish that we could give more away and uh, just a, a cool opportunity. And uh, invite us over, Eric. We'll 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 easily come to Hawaii uh, to come check out your uh, your new ecto. Good evening. I'm Troy Benjamin, and I'm Chris Stewart, and I'm Troy Benjamin, and this is Ghostbusters 2020. From the Crossrip Studios around the world and into your ears, the news items that may or may not have touched your life. This is Ghostbusters 2020 with Chris Stewart, 
and Troy Benjamin. Chris, so Vanity Fair, Anthony Bresnikin. I broke into the feed yes. last week to talk about it. Um, and first, what devil did Bresnikin sell his soul to? That's what I, I want, dude. I mean, even back to when uh, the Force Awakens came out, because Anthony Bresnikin was sort of the go-to for Entertainment Weekly for you know, for all of the big reveals and photos and announcements and. Um, I, I think, and this is just my speculation here, but he is one of those people that has been an entertainment journalist for a very long time and who is not in a rush to be first, which is uh, which is odd because he always ends up getting the exclusives that make him be the first person on those front lines. But, um, you know, uh, there was a whole, there was a rumor that uh, the Obi-Wan series was canceled on, uh, on uh, Disney+. Plus. And uh, a true journalist would reach out to their contacts and and see if they could get confirmation or denial or a comment or something. And you know, a lot of people ran with it. And Anthony Bresnikin on Twitter said, uh, I forget, I'm paraphrasing, but he said something to the effect of, "I chased a lead all day, and I've never been happier to find out that it was completely false." Uh, so it's he is still one of those journalists who has the integrity to do the work and, and research Thank things goodness. and fact check things. And yeah, exactly. The, in an age where there is no cultivation, that's what Anthony does. So I, th- I think that's why they rely upon him too. I think people yeah. at the studios will feed him stuff because they know he's trustworthy. Um, yeah. And sooner or later, people just get kind of burnt out on the, the, the rumor mill stuff. So there'll always be a place for, you know, much the same way that the world still has uh, uh, established veteran movie reviewers that, you know, sometimes yeah. you just don't give a crap what Rotten Tomato says. You want to go see what this guy says. You go to thing, your, so. your tried and true Richard Ropers. Yeah. And even though you may not always see eye to eye with Richard Roper, you know what lens he sees things through anyway. But so, yeah, Anthony gets all of the big scoops. And as yes. soon as... As soon as this article was posted, I thought, this is it. This is the one that sets the world on fire and is everybody's going to be talking about. Bill Murray is back uh, in in Ghostbusters Afterlife, uh, playing Peter Vankman once again. This is the official announcement that we've all been waiting for. Um, and then, curiously, it, it didn't really have steam. It didn't really get legs at first. It did pick up after the first couple of days. Yeah. And m- more people and more aggregates started picking up on it and... Um, what it what it seems to be is that it, for the straight, so to speak, it 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 built up steam and went out. But it, yeah, for for I I don't know if it's some combination of people just took all the the rumors or speculation and just you know bet on it all that it was real, or more to the point, some of us were like, well, statistically, it's probably true. Bill Murray was seen in Calgary, and we're like. Well, yeah, Bill, uh, if Bill went to Calgary, he probably is in the movie because why, you know, the- yeah, totally. or Dan Aykroyd's on Joe Rogan show and he's like, yeah, Bill and I are in it. And of course, that's yeah. Dan Aykroyd saying that we're in it. But so for us, that's kind of close enough. So, yeah, that first day, it really kind of people were more interested. <laughs> fans were more interested in some of the quotes and what site? 
the first site that jumped on, I don't know if it was cinema blood or something, but, but their headline was just like Paul Rudd and Carrie Coon. I don't know. Make plans in new ghostbusters photo. <laughs> it was like, that's what you took away from the article is that one picture. All right then. Uh, well, and that, that's the one kind of, th- I know that they're very, um, uh, they're they're really being uh, careful as to when they're revealing imagery of things and 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 why. So uh, if yeah. if there would have been a photo that accompanied this, I think it would have if have made a bigger splash than it actually did. But well, this one did have a photo. You mean of Bill? Of Bill? Yeah. If, it, right, if this okay. was a photo of of Bill, Dan, Ernie, Sigourney, and Annie no. all together, you know that 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 feels like a. A month before, within the month before, kind of. Yeah, that's your big push. You know, we're still yeah. we're still quite a ways out, actually. Six months uh, by I the know. time you listen that's to this. That's a lot, so. right? You got to pace yourself. Yeah. I tell you, that one picture, though, I stared at it so hard for Easter eggs. Are you talking about the one of Anthony Bresnikin with the pack no. on? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, uh, of Paul Rudd and Carrie Coon. It was, I was like, and I'm looking, <laughs> and that's just a survey map. All right, I'm looking. <laughs> That's no, that's just a piece of furniture. Like I just, there's nothing. There's yeah. nothing in this photo. Uh, not, not a big revelation. I mean, it is kind of cool to see it's the two really of them interacting and whatever it is that yeah. they're pouring over that piece of yeah, that that survey map, whatever uh, is going to pay. Uh, it will pay off in the end, but it's not really revealing anything at the moment. Um, but but uh, uh, yeah. So, so one of the biggest takeaways I took from this, Chris, and I mentioned it last week, was. Uh, just sort of the the levity, the irreverence that was happening on set during this interview, and we've learned uh, that that uh, you know Anthony Bresnikin was there doing interviews with everybody, and he had one left, and of course it was Bill Murray. That's like the got He's the last person to slot some time for you. He's the hardest one to get. Uh, to see cleaning up the town uh, with a big footnote here. Yeah. Um, but so he's been waiting all day for, for Bill Murray. And as soon as he gets that interview, it turns into a Bill Murray story. Uh, and I, <laughs> I, I did see the, uh, the Bill Murray story, uh, documentarians pick up on it too, because this is kind of fun to see another one playing out. But, uh, you know, this is, he can't reveal anything that he can't tell us any details about no. the movie. He can't give us any, um, you know, uh, context for the reason that they're there on set. Uh, can't describe the set that they're on. He can't take, he can't say anything, but what he does have the ability to say is what Bill Murray did to him, which is make him wear a proton pack for an extended period of time, which for everybody listening, you, uh, most likely have strapped one of those things on an Alice pack on your back, uh, for more than five minutes. And you know exactly how painful that can get. Uh, especially if you were at the the answer the call premiere, and I know a lot of people's spinal columns are completely restructured because of that. Um, but yeah, that that's the takeaway here from from Anthony Bresnikin is like Bill Murray wanted me in his shoes for more than thirty seconds, uh, which is is funny. But um, I don't. I, what else did you What else did you glean from this article? I mean, obviously that this is now our official confirmation that Bill and Dan and Ernie <laughs> and Annie and Everybody. Sigourney are in, and uh, and you know, sad weird way, they also confirmed that Rick Moranis is not. Yeah, that Rick Moranis <clears throat> will not return. I think this um, is them sort of managing our expectations when when he yeah, doesn't appear. I think I think most of us kind of knew that, anyways. Yeah. But um, but then, uh, well, the picture he posted was great because initially he posted a black and white, and then he posted color later. 
and it was in the color photo that you realized he's in the soundstage uh, at the Calgary Film Center, and it's obviously the the farmhouse. Yeah, they've recreated the farmhouse. This is so yeah. uh, when when he's wearing the proton pack, Jason Reitman comes up and and takes a photo of him, and then also sets a timer. and And there's probably another photo of the group with him and the proton pack that we'll see at a later date. But yeah, so that was kind of cool to. See. Because it's officially the, you know, uh, <laughs> it's the first official allowed set shot I think we've seen, short of yeah. some cool. some outdoor photos. And this now was... we know that they recreated that farmhouse set on the soundstage uh, for whatever yep. reason uh, to do some, Control. some more shooting. Yeah. Well, remember, it is, it is Calgary, so... <sighs> It started going. snowing at the end of production. Yeah, <laughs> Snowing at the end of production and in the middle of production, in the, especially like in the August and all that. Uh, by middle afternoon, you know, storms, like thunderstorms would roll in for two hours and then roll out again. Right. Yeah. So I think it just gave them more control <clears throat> to do that. Um, and then, yeah, but it was interesting. It was very bill centric. Um, and I don't know, I think the one main thing I took away was, and I don't know how much of it is Anthony you know, writing into it a bit, but there's a, a one line where Bill addresses the fact that they're going to have to tell the story, confirming what we all, sus- you know, we're suspicious of that they have to tell the story of what happened to Egon. Yeah. And he wrote it in such a way that made it seem like Bill was a little kind of sad and uncomfortable with, with talking about that. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I read into that quite a bit too. And knowing that you and I, after uh, this releases, will have seen a groundhog day, super bowl commercial too, where yeah, Bill is returning true. back to old roots here with, with Harold. I wonder how much of this too, is just him kind of tipping his cap or trying to make amends for the rift that was between the two of them or, you know, a little bit of like, you know, this is, this is for Harold. Like the movie yeah. sounds like it is, one hundred percent addressing the the absence of Harold Ramis in a, in a big way, um, and you know here he is doing Groundhog Day again uh, for a commercial for a Jeep commercial too. That seems like so un Bill Murray, doesn't it? Like, yeah, he's never spoken about when he reconnected with Harold. Obviously, something. Well, Harold's condition obviously spurred him, but what has never been addressed is I wonder how much of it is he, when he realized that because of Harold's illness, uh, he had whatever, you know, baggage the two of them were carrying around between one another because they never dropped it or Bill never dropped it or whoever didn't drop whatever, they were never going to get to play together again. And, and, you know, I think back to people complaining because of that article um uh last week that we mentioned the the unproduced ghostbusters 3 script uh by what's his name gene stipnitsky Stipnitsky and yeah lee eisenberg and he 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 mentioned that bill never read it we you know we were we were greenlit and bill never read and gene stipinski is you know was uh and um sorry the other gentleman's name Backup brain. Lee Eisenberg. Eisenberg, yeah. thank you. Yeah. The, Harold is kind of their mentor, right? And was mentoring them th- through that script. And like I said, greenlit. He said, we were bumping up rights against it. And then, you know, Bill never got back to this, us about the script. Probably never read it sort of thing. I, I don't want to read between the lines, but I wonder sometimes if in retrospect, 
you know, especially when it came time to do this movie, like you say, like he's doing it to kind of honor uh, Harold a bit. Because, yeah, how, how much of him when he went to Harold was built around him going, we blew it. Like if we could have just packed some of this stuff away, we could have gotten to go out and have fun again. And now we don't. So I don't know. Yeah, and, and, and I think I think at some point he probably will talk about it. And and frankly, it could be sometime in the next six months because I know he's going to get hammered with questions yeah. about this movie, right? And, so. and especially if this does end up being a very you know Harold tribute kind of uh, feeling movie, because that that's yeah. that's the one thing that I also took away from the article is that you know they are still not really saying outright that Phoebe who's uh, McKenna Grace's character is Egon Spangler's granddaughter but in this article he, yeah, he goes so far as to say you know that uh, she has a resemblance to a very stoic spectacled uh, character and and then has a quote from Ivan Reit or not Ivan Reitman from Jason Reitman who says you know I was tickled by this notion of uh, a 12 year old going into her grandparents basement and finding a proton pack, which yeah, it's it's telling us outright right there. You know, here is that sort of link, and it's kind of intriguing, uh, both from a storytelling perspective, but also as 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 we were talking yeah. about a, a tribute well, to Harold Ramis. If we want to, again, you and I are are not being very big on speculation. We've been trying to avoid it, but again, in the wake of this article, there's something important to point out. So one was is that it kind of confirmed that they were all there for a week. And as you said, you can get a lot shot in one week. Cause a lot of people are like, no, oh, it's like they show up at the end yeah, cameo. It's one part, I'm like, yeah, no, but- you, you, sh- you shoot, you shoot that in one day. One week means they are interwoven into the story a bit more. Yeah. But again, I, I th- always, I make reference to that. They shoot, uh, our, uh, drama shows for TV, uh, in eight days. So yep. you can, you can fill a whole lot of time in, you can in fill a week. It. Now I want to flip it the other way and point out though, that one week with any one of them is not enough to like, if you're telling a family story and it involves an actor playing a character, you know, a a living actor playing a character, one week's probably not going to cover it. Uh, If you're going to tell a family story about one of the characters, it's probably the one who's not present because then you can always involve that character, even though they are not there. And that maybe that's just me uh, either misreading it or, but you know, he does say that that the OGBs, the original Ghostbusters, um, all dropped by the set for the span of a week. That's not saying that they didn't show up individually for something either, too. That I think this is the sort yeah. of Avengers Endgame. Uh, you know, everybody is out on on the lawn. Uh, he's saying that they're all there for a week uh, together, which. Yeah, that, well, that could go a little bit longer either way. Like Ernie and Dan uh, could stick around longer. Who, yeah, you we, know, who knows? We knew Dan was up in Calgary right when they started filming because yeah. he's Dan, and that's that's something really tough to hide. Um, what was I watching, by the way? Just as a small aside, uh, a movie that I saw recent. This is my remembering the movie song. <sighs> Oh, that's what it was. I finally watched Pixels. <laughs> I actually enjoyed Pixels. Don't Pixels, hate me, but I really like that movie. Pixels was dumb fun right up until the last 
20 minutes and then they really kind of made some uh, hideous mistakes. Yeah, they, and kind of like, they needed bah. a big third act and they just, yeah, but, <laughs> there's, but it's, there are some stuff that I, but what I loved is that Dan Aykroyd as the, uh, the, the, the host of the video game arcade uh, tournament in the beginning. And then later on where they're like, Hey, we should get a drink together. Yes. Let's get a drink. I just happened to have a bottle of crystal head vodka. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I just happened to, eh? Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway. Yeah. Anyways, by the way, if there's any Crystal Head vodka anywhere in this Ghostbusters movie, I'm out. I am switching to Battlestar Galactica fandom (laughs) so fast, it'll make your head spin. No, you won't. Uh, Uh, Podcast bet. I'll hold you to that if that happens. Ooh, somebody made a podcast bet. uh, I'm so proud of you. Let's see. I'm learning. I'm learning. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, anyways, I, I, yeah, like I see what you say. I, I don't think people should overreact that one week means it's just a walk on cameo thing. Like literally we know from answer the call, they all had cameos in that they all shot for one day each. Like they literally just showed up for a day and were gone. And, but, and you can tell (laughs) based upon their, you know, the, the the amount of time that they have on screen is, is very, uh, you know, noticeable because of that. But, um, um, so, but at the same time, I think, um, I don't know how big of a part they're going to play. I, it feels actually, it feels like a lot of third act showing up is what it feels like. Yeah, which I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily be objected to because, no. especially if this is them figuring out who they are, it doesn't make sense that these characters are interweaved with the family story uh, right from yeah. the get go. So, and I have to tell people, I remember we've been kicking around the I want to see the original Ghostbusters, and then people point, even they were pointing out, yeah, we're getting old. Some of the that yeah, we're getting old stuff was like twenty years ago. Like, yeah, I don't. Like, I don't know how much we really want to watch the OGBs <sighs> run well, around as ghosts, but we want, to, we want to see a return, but let's be honest, there's a certain point where you're just, you're like, mm, magic's kind of gone. And yeah, I mean, that, that brings up a good some point. Old guys. And that's kind of what I thought would, would be the majority of our conversation here is uh, nostalgia fatigue, um, which comes up in this article as well, you know, pointing out that. Uh, Terminator Dark Fate did not do well. Dr. Sleep did not do well. Charlie's Angels did not do well. All of these things that are trying to push those nostalgia buttons and harken back to things that you love, they've been having a, a tough time recently. Even Star Wars, to a certain degree, has been having a tough time just in terms of critical reception. Uh, box office is, is certainly there. But, uh, you know, are we... I know the good news is that the filmmakers, Jason Reitman and everybody is cognizant of that. And I think they have been trying to focus on the Phoebe character and that, that family as much as they can. But, yeah. um, you know, is, is that a worry? Do you, do you have that, that sense that you're worried about, uh, maybe they're relying too much on the nostalgia factor for this, this film? <sighs> no, because regardless there's always been, uh, in some way, shape, or form, we all have a wish, a wish to a demand that we get to see the original Ghostbusters back at it. The opportunities for that are slipping away, but we all still kind of want that. So I don't think involving them is a nostalgia burnout thing. I think in the right amount, in the right way, it will 
well, the people who are demanding will may never be happy. Like who knows? You could give them something cool and they'll be like, oh, I wish they had the whole movie. Well, you can't please everybody, but I think we all want a little taste. And then yeah. for the most part, reasonable people then wanted to move on to phase next, whatever that is, because unreasonable people will be the ones going next time. I hope they're the whole movie. And it's like next time they will be pushing 80. So let's just slow the roll. Um, it's, I mean, it, you know, Terminator is one of those where it's like, well, you're making a Terminator film without Arnold Schwarzenegger, even though he appears in it, he's, he's older. It's, it's tough to do. It's not like Picard where, uh, you know, it, it, he, the character can age, uh, and it's okay. Yeah. There is room for that, by the way, like they could move on to phase two and we, uh, we hear, you know, there's some more stories that can somehow involve Uncle Ray or Uncle Winston, right? Like Bill Murray, hard to get back probably at that point, real hard. But that's not to say you can't have a, you can't do the crazy Uncle Ray story, right? That where he, he could be there for a lot of it and still put on a proton pack at some point and throw it around. But he's, he's, you know... <laughs> yeah, he, for all intents and purposes, he's the Arnold Schwarzenegger of the thing. He's 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 old, and he'll have his part to play. And uh, you know, I don't know, yell whippersnapper at them or something like that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, make no mistake, this is trying to set up more. Like the, I mean, the, the whole. It, well, that's the other flip side. There will be people that'll be like, and now no more. It's like, well, eh, well this, no, this, this is the yeah. middle of the bell curve. Is kind of interested to see where we can take it, and to do that you got to set up a new team and you and I kicked that around already, right? Like you don't hire in Paul Rudd to maybe not move ahead with more. Yeah. Yeah. You, you want to sort of have longevity to the franchise cause it's an right. evergreen franchise. That's not reliant upon time. It, it can continue on, but, uh, and, well, and the beautiful part is if this time is like about the family and Paul Rudd is involved in it, then it means next time around it's, there's room to bring in new characters like the next, you know, this movie, the next movie, maybe even the movie after that, it's still forming like a, the team in a final form sort of thing. Right. It, yeah. Uh, well, so. so here's, here's my other argument. Uh, and I'll try, I'll try to, I'm losing my voice all of a sudden. It's the weirdest thing, but I didn't want to say anything, but uh, it's, yeah, it just keeps getting hoarser and hoarser as we go. It's the strangest thing. Um, but, uh, the other films that are, are specifically mentioned in the variety, uh, not the variety, the vanity fair article, I, I have this sense that Ghostbusters is being made for different reasons. Yes. Again, they're, they're making these movies to make money. That's, it's a business. It is something that needs to generate income and revenue. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, Terminator dark fate was being made uh, to try to rekindle that franchise in a very similar vein that, you know, Ghostbusters, they're trying to just kickstart it and get it going again. Um, but, you know, t uh, Tim Miller and maybe to a certain extent, uh, James Cameron, they necessarily weren't making this movie as a tribute or something that was sort of paying homage to what they did in the past. It was them trying to like capture that lightning in a bottle and do it again. Uh, it was basically Terminator three, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't trying to, uh, you're, it, it wasn't paying respect, uh, which I, I'm sure I, there's probably arguments there that, yeah, it totally paid respect to Terminator two and all the movies that came before it. But you know, this particular movie, it's, it's Jason, Jason Reitman trying to make something for his dad, 
Um, he's trying to make something for Harold Ramis that would make Harold proud. There's a whole lot of personal responsibility that Jason has thrown onto his shoulders for this particular film where I don't know necessarily that, you know, Elizabeth Banks uh, probably did feel the weight of the, the intellectual property of Charlie's Angels on her shoulders and she wanted to do justice to it because there is uh, a certain empowerment that comes from Charlie's Angels and of course the it's iconic. But, you know, she wasn't necessarily trying to pay respect to Farrah Fawcett? Who who would be the, you know, what, yeah. what would be that person that meant so much in your life that you're trying to do this movie for? Um, Dr. Sleep is sort of the outlier that is completely throwing off my argument here because Dr. <laughs> Sleep is 100% Stephen King's uh, story and it's him trying to go back to The Shining and it's also paying respect to Stanley Kubrick and referencing that movie, uh, yeah. you know, frame for frame in some instances. So I, I think if there's any comparable uh, movie out of those ones that are mentioned in Vanity Fair, it's probably Dr. Sleep because that's what Dr. Sleep was trying to do is here is the yeah. next generation of The Shining. Yeah, there's... We've talked about this we've haven't seen a lot we haven't seen a lot of the behind the scenes business side stuff when it came to answer the call we've heard bits and pieces and it is an absolute mistake when people try to glue those pieces together into a proper meaning because we're missing a lot of context we're missing a lot of pieces and we have no sense of what bits people regarded as they were upset, but understood that it was business. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a way yeah, for people to yeah. just like outcomes, but still not be mad at people or decisions. Or st you know what I mean? Like, so, but we do know that there was a lot going on, on. There was a lot of transition and shuffling going on and some things were, you know, like, uh, the fact that Reitman got in there and there was a lot of, uh, disagreement about where to go with the movie, which, you know, you and I've talked about before, like it should have gone one way or the other when it turned into a, you know, a two cook situation to a degree, maybe that wasn't the best for the movie overall, but yeah, it never does. Yeah. It never does. But what I'm thinking is, is that what, what I think what you're kind of trying to get at, if I understand correctly, and I kind of agree with you here is. Jason's trying to set up a, you know what, if it all ends here, then we've tied up a lot of loose ends. We've tied up the fact that we never managed to get an earlier third done when Harold was still alive. You know, we give yeah. his character a send off. We give all the characters a send off if this is it, you know what I mean? So in the background, Sony's like, and if it works, we'll make more. But it, I think what you're kind of seeing is there is this sense of, you know, uh, dad, dad had the, you know, the first two, like this whole franchise series and it's be kind of weird if nothing ever happened ever again and it was just left where it was at. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think that's, I, I I'm making no sense. I'm just no, rambling you, at this you point. You totally but. are. I mean, I think you're helping me formulate my argument a little more succinctly is that it, it's. I I have get uh, from the get go. I've gotten the sense that Jason Reitman is making a very personal film here. Uh -huh. uh, he, as a kid, was one of the first Ghostbusters fans. He always keeps talking about that as his go to. As you know, I was the first person to see this and be obsessed with it, and and it has stuck with me throughout my entire adult life. Um, uh -huh. And 
And I think that's probably why, I mean, yes, because of the, the nature of the news cycle now, there's also other reasons why you keep things very secure and you don't want people to know certain things because then you get the popular opinion that come in to play. And, and what you talked about last week, Chris, with fans dictating uh, the, the direction of a certain thing or the direction of a story or the direction of a character or fans um, putting the dick in dictating. <laughs> That's true. Oh. <laughs> um, but, but no, I think so. So he, he and Gil Cannon wrote this script in a vacuum. Didn't tell anybody that they were working on it because they didn't want any outside influences. Yeah. Uh, they didn't want the studio chiming in on the script. They didn't want uh, who, whomever uh, to influence them. And then when they were making the film, they continued to isolate themselves as much as they possibly could, uh, probably for for the same reason would be my guess is just so that yeah. if it leaked out that uh, uh, McKenna Grace's character is a clone of Egon Spangler and, uh, you know, it would affect them. It would change the way that they would want to move the story. Uh, all I can think about is, is on Game of Thrones when... Uh, uh, David and Dan, the two showrunners, kept talking about how they would see fans' theories on Reddit. And as soon as the fan guessed the theory, they would go back to the drawing board and re-script everything because they yeah. wanted it to be a surprise. And if somebody already had that theory, they knew that people's minds were already working in, in that that um, that space. So, yeah. uh, I mean, again, I, I'm... This is just me trying to keep my uh, my optimism and my hope alive. And as soon as this little glimmer of like, you know, it could be a bad movie or it could not do well. As soon no. as that came in, uh, my defenses immediately went up. You know, the, the barbed uh, yeah. wire was put up and, and 2016 kicked in again. And I was like, well, just let me see the movie. But But I also feel like this is a very different film yeah. it's still well, it's still a commerce it's still me it's still being made to make money but it's it's different i don't know if that the makes difference sense. it does make sense and the, this brought up the there was two quotes in the article that nearly killed me the one was was bill ref, you know talking about telling the the story where a man down that that part man or, down yeah I, I, I was like i know it's gonna hurt uh and then the other one was jason's quote about um you know, we grow up with our parents telling us stories, but how many of us get to turn around and tell our, our parents a story? And I'm like, oh, yes, I'm in. <laughs> like, it doesn't even matter at this point. Like, he could be, he's like, I'm making Juno, but Ghostbusters. I was like, I'm in. It, heartfelt. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's do it. it. Yeah, that's that's it. Actually, and I don't then... even know what Juno, Juno, but Ghostbusters would be comedy uh, Rosemary's Baby, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, basically. it would be. Yeah, I'm having this baby. I don't care if it's the spawn of Satan. I'm, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it was. It was that one-two punch of, of Jason saying, look, I'm making this movie for my dad. Um, and then Bill Murray saying flat out, like, it's a good script. Like, there's tons of emotion in it. Um, and it, I mean, because that's, that's basically Bill Murray is saying what I was just trying to say for 20 minutes there is it's just it's being made for the right reason. It's, it's being made yeah. with heart and it's being made with soul. And it's not just trying to reinvent the wheel so that we can have a franchise that has legs again. Um, it's, it's something different. It is a movie that's trying to say something. And that's always, uh, 
you know, that, that is key. That is essential to a, a movie, especially nowadays where, you know, there's a lot of complexity and a lot of layers to movies. And so I think that's probably what enticed Bill uh, coming back to it. So, um, what, what else can we talk about this article? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying to like not You're, talk because everybody is probably like, Oh God, I can't listen to this guy's voice anymore. What the hell is I don't know. happening? I feel like we touched really kind of all the, the, the high points on it. Um, you well, know, it was lar- it was largely Bill uh, w- with a touch of Jason thrown in there. Uh, like I said, the two that killed me, they absolutely killed me, those two lines. Because, again, yeah. they touched right into what I'm not afraid of, but what, what I'm, I am I know is coming. So I'm trying to, like, steal myself for it. It's – I can see the gut punches in Ghostbusters coming, whereas, you know, uh, going to see the last uh, – uh, Star Wars movie. I wasn't prepared for a couple of moments there, so yeah. This this one you're prepped for. You know it's coming yeah. in in a certain well, which respect, is almost but... worse. Like, yeah, what's true. better to be to be sucker punched by my emotions, <laughs> or to like have to like feel it slowly? Yeah, or to have know, put increasing. that steel plating up over uh, a year's time uh, to prepare for it. But I promised myself I wasn't gonna cry. Well, um, well but, let's do this uh, because the, okay. the voicemail has been uh, a, a little a little silent. There's been uh, moths flying around in there since our hiatus. So uh, <laughs> hit the voicemail. Tell us what you guys think of this this Vanity Fair article, uh, Bill's involvement. Uh, if you think the movie is going to suffer from the nostalgia fatigue, if because you think it's going to be weaponized nostalgia, it's going to suffer for that. Tell tell us what you're thinking. Uh, do it on the voicemail, and we'll play those uh, next week instead of my terrible raspy voice. What the crap what is this? What is going on? Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, 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 go stoppers. I'm sorry, we'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702-GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. You too. And Twitter accounts. Friends is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroads. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want to get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professional. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. Chris, I'm going to let you take us home here. I have no idea why I don't have... It's like laryngitis hit in the middle of the episode. I don't know what this is, but... Troy asks a question. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, what uh, What do you got in terms of final thoughts this week? My final thought is if a guy gets a, a, a proton pack lightsaber made, does he make himself like a uh, Ghostbuster jumpsuit uh, Jedi robe? Because I think he's got yes, it, Yes, right? yes, you absolutely have to. Yeah. And send pictures. Um, final thoughts amount to public service announcement. Um, news. Lots of news uh, has been coming out more and more and more about cleaning up the town. So I kind of want to remind people to keep an eye on the website because if you're in the UK in particular, there are probably at least 20 screenings last time I checked projected out over the next couple of months. 
Uh, so if you're in the UK and want to see it, do it. Uh, but the other thing that's been kind of causing people a stir with people is the deals in the UK. Okay, kids, <laughs> we film we know you live in film distribution 101. Yeah, film distribution 101 is territories still exist. We we know you live in a territory-free cyberspace in your minds, and you know downloading BitTorrents and stuff like that, but. Most things still operate in weird copyright territories. The UK is nailed down. So it looks like by now, I think streaming has begun. Uh, and uh, not only that, pre-orders for that region, whatever it is, Region 2 DVDs are up on Amazon. Um, the And that is the, the distribution partners that uh, the publishing partners that the bueno productions uh, uh partnered up with to get uh, this thing out into the world and seems to be doing uh, amazing things for them like it is everywhere but it's kind of happening faster than even they are kind of keeping up with so when the news came out about the dvd and the video on demand and all in the uk everybody uh, immediately went because this is a world of people who are thoughtful and kind and would not think of themselves immediately <laughs> said, where's ours? Um, yeah. So uh, my understanding is, is that uh, formally the, uh, the other territories are being nailed down as we speak. So North America, for example, shouldn't be too far off. It is not forgotten and it's not not coming. It's just not completed, whereas the UK is completed. Um, so... Yeah, there's that. And then the other one, this goes hand in hand because I reached out to them to try to get some clarification and that's what they said. The other one is, is that for those wondering about the Kickstarter side of things, check your emails and check specifically check your spam and all that because they sent out emails through the Kickstarter system saying, hey, do we're done now and it's time to start sending you some of your perk stuff uh, or getting ready to send you perk stuff as the case may be. So... But, you know, T-shirts and patches and buttons they had, as well as uh, ultimately uh, the home, the physical copies of it and all that. So uh, at the end of the day, if you're wondering, where's our stuff? You can't be complaining if you haven't gotten that email and responded to it. So. Yeah, double double check that you can because they, they do need your mailing address, uh, obviously, to send you stuff. So, uh, yeah, yeah, if that's old or got bounced or went into a filter, try and find it. If it's not there, time to log into Kickstarter and go because it'll also have a thing saying so-and-so is still waiting for your survey reply yeah. or whatever, right? So, or at worst comes to worst, go to the Kickstarter campaign and there's a way to contact them and you can message them saying, I didn't get an email yeah. or it's gone and I can't. And they'll say, great, we'll now, we thank you for contacting us. We will, you know, hook you back up and we'll get it all sorted. Yeah, definitely. And particularly because they had multiple, um, uh, you know, crowdfunding campaigns too. So uh, it, it may have gotten lost in the shuffle. So uh, hit them, hit them up, contact them. They'll, they'll make it right. I uh, should not smoke that back before. I... All right. Well, I'm going to go have a cup of tea and a lozenge and no kidding. 12 lozenges, but uh, uh, for everybody else, I'm sorry that you had to listen to my voice this entire time. <laughs> Why do you listen to us? I don't get it. <laughs> um, but we'll, we'll see you all on the other side. Who you gonna call? We Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional CrossRip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. It used to be one of my two favorite shows.
knows? Everything you're doing is bad. I just want to let you know that. We'd like to get a sample of your brain tissue. Oh. Next week, though, Careless Pets. Jub-jub. <laughs>